Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Be honest. It's Good Shepherd Sunday. Some people have said today, this is one of my favorite Sundays because we get to see pictures of Jesus the Good Shepherd looking like something on your bulletin cover. That's the immediate image that comes to mind. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we see all sorts of images of Jesus with his sheep in various places. Of course, there's a lot missing from this kind of picture of Jesus. If you know anything about shepherds, they're not very tidy. They sleep outside and they've got a lot of dirt on them. You'll notice this picture of Jesus today. There's no dirt even under his fingernails. Jesus on this bulletin cover today doesn't strike me as some kind of guy who would smell like sheep or who would even be around sheep and the sheepy things that they do. We don't see him trudging through the rocky Palestinian hills in search of a patch of grass with a bunch of stubborn sheep. Instead, we see Jesus typically walking through a field with wildflowers, happily frolicking lambs bouncing around him as the music swells in the background like a commercial for fabric softener. I'm not sure I would trust somebody like that as my shepherd. It's too nice, too tidy for being a guy that does such a hard job. Too nice and too tidy. You might say, well, what's the deal, pastor? Well, I'm not very nice and I'm not very tidy. And yet I am called one of Jesus' lambs just as you are. Don't get me wrong. It's certainly comforting and nostalgic for us to see Jesus in light of all of our images. We immediately begin to think of Psalm 23, perhaps, never wanting for anything, having a banquet table prepared before us in the presence of our enemies, of still waters and green pastures. It's an image of gentle power, of someone who can control the uncontrollable in our world. And how does Jesus seem to be doing with that lately? How does Jesus seem to be doing with you and your life? and keeping everything under control? How does Jesus seem to be doing with you and your fears, your doubts, your worries, the things that keep you up at night? After all, he's supposed to be our good shepherd, right? Taking us through the valley of the shadow of death. You notice that it's not just the gloomy, foggy morning. It's the valley of the shadow of death. A deep, deep place Full of darkness and death. We want a Jesus, an image of Jesus, to tame the wild and unruly world with the crook of his staff who can solve what is unsolvable and answer all of the unanswerable questions in life, who can protect against the thieves and the bandits and the wolves as the world tries to come and steal, destroy, and kill. But we are also the ones who steal and kill and destroy. 
even as his own sheep. We are the ones who are no better as thieves and bandits of everything our neighbor has and everything that we've been disappointed with in life. Whatever you think of Jesus as the good shepherd, we eventually come face to face with the reality that the world is still wild and unruly. And I don't know about you, but I got a lot of questions without answers. And there are still thieves and bandits and people who don't like you, or me, or anybody else. You still live in the valley of the shadow of death, a world that is hell-bent on destruction. And if anybody really needs to be tamed by Jesus' crook, his staff, I just need to look in the mirror. Who doesn't desire a good shepherd bringing peace and comfort and even order to our lives? In our own neighborhoods, in our community, we are face to face with the reality of the valley of the shadow of death every stinking day, every hour, every minute. Where is the good shepherd in the midst of kidnappings and executions? Where is he in the midst of war and violence against people, neighbors, classmates, online, and friends in our own streets? Where is this good shepherd that will sanitize all that is wrong with the world, who will clean up all that is messy and misplaced in your life and in my life? I've asked these questions over and over with these texts. But there's something that has hit me like a sledgehammer each time I look at this passage from John. I've preached on this for several years, but I always come back to understanding that I'm misreading John chapter 10. If you go back earlier to John chapter 10, there's actually more to this chapter than what we read here today, you hear this. Jesus says, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. That sounds nice. The sheep are with Jesus. They follow him, and they hear his voice. See, I'd always assume that Jesus the shepherd was leading the flock to the safety of the sheep pen. You know, where the walls are or the fences are and where you can kind of get a nice restful sleep and some peace, maybe some water and some grub to eat, all in the safety from the wolves and thieves and bandits. That's not what Jesus says today. He says when he's gathered all of the sheep together in the pen, he calls them out. The shepherd arrives at the pen and he calls the sheep away from the safety of the walled-off pen. And he simply says, come follow me. Not to safety, but to the open wilderness where thieves and bandits and wolves are. To the valley of the shadow of death. I don't want to follow this Jesus. I've had enough of this already. And you're the same way. The shepherd calls you as his sheep to go out there. But I don't want to go out there. 
he says, come on, you are not alone. I will never leave you or forsake you. He says to call out his sheep from the safety into pasture where there is abundant life. Abundant life doesn't necessarily mean that it's the safe, happy, cleansed life. Out beyond the sheep pen, there is certainly green pastures and still waters, but there's also roaming predators with really sharp teeth and wolves and bandits and those who wish to lead you into the wet paths of destruction, those who want to hurt you, maybe even shear you and slaughter you for their Easter dinner. All in the name of Jesus and all in the name of religion. And of course, this all happens in the valley of the shadow of death. Jesus says today, if you have a hireling who doesn't care for the sheep, it doesn't matter where you are. If you're in the pen or out in the world, it doesn't matter. You're in trouble. You are in big trouble. Jesus calls you out. Out to the world. We don't live in some sort of hippie, utopian commune. If that was the case, you would all go from here today down to your little dorm rooms downstairs and we would eat and drink and do everything here and put up higher walls and razor wire and maybe we could even get some weapons as well. That's all a joke. He says, go out. Go out into your vocations. Go out as husbands, wives, as children, sons and daughters, brothers and sisters. Go out as my beloved sheep. Not into safety, but into the valley of the shadow of death. And go out as my salt and my light and my mercy and my love to those people who do not have a shepherd yet. Because that's where Jesus is as well. He's always going out to seek and to save the lost. My last parish in Milwaukee, they had one of the best images ever, I think, of the Good Shepherd. And if I would have thought about it, I would have stolen it and put it on the bulletin cover today, but I had other things to do. As you leave the church in the narthex of this building that's 125 years old, seats like 1,200 people, there's a little stained glass window by the narthex doors. And it's of Jesus as the good shepherd. But he's not sitting there all roasty toasty with a lamb around his neck or with sheep frolicking all over the place. You see Jesus on the side of a cliff holding on to a branch that is embedded into the cliff, reaching down as far as he possibly can down to the sheep who was about ready to fall off. And it's a reminder. It's a lovely reminder of who the good shepherd is. It makes no difference where you are and who you are and where in the world you are at right now. He will always pursue you. That's really what Psalm 23 says. Goodness and mercy shall pursue me 
all the days of my life. Well, pursue, Pastor, that seems a little creepy. That seems a little like he's stalking us. Yes, and he is. But not to scare you or to frighten you, but to give you his goodness and his mercy. Out beyond this place, in all places, at all times. We do not go out on our own. We go with the good shepherd. He knows us, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we know him. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Notice what the good shepherd has done. It makes no sense. If you're taking care of a bunch of sheep, you don't lay down your life for the sheep. That's something unheard of. Sheep aren't worth it. Jesus says you are. Even in your darkest, most trying and painful days, you have been called by Jesus to follow him. We confess our faith, and in believing, we receive all that we've been taught because the good shepherd has first sought you out. And he sends you out here today to go interact and live amongst all sorts of people who don't look like you and act like you and talk like you and everything else like you or me. But he tells us that we go out never alone. Today you are declaring that you have heard the voice of Jesus and that you are ready to dine at his table where goodness and mercy flow for you. This table which prepares for you here today in the sight of your enemies, of sin, death, and the devil, is given to you always to forgive and strengthen you no matter where life takes you out there. Because as you kneel at this table today, the good shepherd becomes one with you. His body and blood become one with your body and blood. And now it's no longer I who live, but Christ Jesus who lives in me. And the same is for you. The good shepherd is not good because he fixes stuff. He's good because he has taken his life and laid it down for us and taken it up again. That's what's so great about the resurrection. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Probably thinking, hey, we haven't gotten through this much without saying that. Amazing. You get to say that all as you live in the valley of the shadow of death. By his own death and resurrection. And because of that, we can truly say we do not fear. We do not fear death because we've already died in our baptism. We do not fear what others can do or say to us. Because Jesus says, take heart I have overcome the world. In fact, one of the most prolific statements in all of the Bible is very simple. Fear not. The good shepherd tells you that today. Fear not, even though the world is hell-bent on your destruction, though we ourselves face our own open grave, you have the good shepherd. And I love what Ezekiel said today. One of my favorite passages in all the Bible. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. 
I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. This isn't Jesus sitting here today saying, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about your life? How are you going to get things under control? He seeks you out. He sits you down. He cleans you up. And he feeds you. And he leads you even through the valley of the shadow of death. And he will continue to pursue you with his goodness and mercy all the days of your life. So that there will be one flock under one shepherd who has laid down his life for you. And because of that, today, you truly have life and life abundantly with him. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.